Alright, bro. It's been a week. I have celebrated Halloween in 2019 twice now. What is your grand plan to get us home? Chad, I'm glad you said that. Let me show you something. I've been working on this all week. I figured, what went wrong last time? And I thought to myself, easy. It was a car. You can steal a car. But you know what you can't steal? A phone booth? A phone booth. Wait, are you telling me you're using a completely different movie plot? A phone booth like Bill and Ted? Yeah! Now come on, we're running out of time. The promo can only be so long. Dudes! Listen, I know you're probably baffled because it's me. Well, I am you, and... Okay, anyways. You guys are about to go back in time. Don't. Everything's gonna be a-okay. Listen, what the big dog number two is trying to say is that somebody's gonna steal the DeLorean. You're better off staying put. Okay, yeah. That seems good. Sweet. That's a pretty solid idea. I like that. Okay, cool. Man, I sure am feeling weird. Do you feel all... Wait. Josh? Josh! Oh man, I don't... I don't feel so good. Huh. That was kind of weird. Ready to go back in time? Dude, I was born ready. What is the worst that could possibly happen? Hey folks, this is the guy Chad. You can catch us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Potomac, and more to come. You can catch us every Wednesday. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter, and stay healed, baby. And to my immediate left, the guy, Chad. How you doing tonight? Wait. <laughs> what? Who, who are you? This does not sound... Huh? I told you. The host yeah, with the most. It's normally Leland, and he has a very masculine voice, and you have a female voice. I don't... I'm a little confused. Where, where's Leland tonight? All right. Well, uh -huh. let's get this started. I'm... Super excited to talk about New Generation. What are you sipping on? All right, I'll play along. Okay, whatever. Um, they're female, Leland. I'm drinking on Blue Moon Light Sky. <laughs> what are you drinking on? Hey, hang on a second. Cut, cut the mic. Cut the mic. What do you mean cut? What's going on? What are you doing? Dude, you're back. What are you doing? The fuck do you mean I'm back? You're back? What do you call me? What do you female Leland for I you, you were it was a female's voice opening the show and now it's you again what is going on over there are you guys messing what's with me? going on with you I mean I I, I I ask you are you ready to do the show it's like your head's fucked three ways to Sunday what? can we please do the show I, 
Can we please do the I show? I want to do the Let's do the show. I'm ready. Yes. I'm ready to do the show. Yes. You're, kill, you're killing my vibe. Okay. Can we get into this? Yes. Now, what are you, what are you sipping on? Okay. Okay. Then let's start this thing from the top and do it over. Right? Oh, fine. <sighs> fine. Welcome folks to another episode of the Turnbuckle Report. Your people's host, Leland. To my left, the guy, Chad. What's up, brother? I have to say that's much better. You know, your female voice sucked. So this is good. It's good to have you back, by the way. Thanks for having yeah, me I'm on your show. I'm going to act like I didn't hear any of that. I'm going to act like I didn't hear any of that. What are you sipping on tonight? I got a little of that Blue Moon Light Sky 95 calorie citrus wheat. What you got over there, brother? Man, I am I am loving the Breckenridge Brewery stuff. I'm really into this uh, the blueberry acai golden ale right now. Yeah, you've been sending me those texts. I don't know. It's like... Oh my gosh, I love this stuff. It's like a, a little taste of heaven. It is. Mm. It is. I, I you Anything can't get that out here. Brewery right now is amazing. You can get the, uh, I think you can get the porter out in Wisconsin, but you cannot get all those additional flavors that you keep sending me. It's a tease, man. I keep getting, I get a little tear comes to my eye every time I see a picture. I'm like, I can't get that. I can't get that out I here. know, man. Don't worry. I'm going to totally load you up when we come out and visit because uh, you've got it, especially the avalanche one. You've got to try that one. It's the amber ale. Oh my God! It's amazing. I believe it. Let me talk. Let me talk about what's amazing tonight, because I'm excited to get into this show. As you know, folks, we have kicked off a new series on the best eras in wrestling. Oh yeah! I am super excited to talk about tonight's episode with the new generation. Chad, you know, this is my favorite generation. You know, over time, this, this is has the become mine too. I grew up on. Me too. Oh man. What tell me just before we even get into the notes and before we even get into the meat here, what makes it your favorite right out the gate? Um, listen, I know we're not, I know we kind of discussed off air. Um, we, we didn't want to get too much into the attitude error, it's been beat to death. Everybody in their in their sisters talked about it, right? But what I what I find fascinating about this era of wrestling is that it had so much talent that was just being overlooked. Right, so you had WrestleMania Nine is one of the worst WrestleManias, but all of that talent was in that ring. It was like they, you could just see the bomb ticking down, and things were about to explode. Right, you could feel that Attitude Era absolutely, coming. and that's absolutely. what I love about this. I know what you love about it, but why don't you tell our folks listening at home what you love about this era? Well, I'll tell you, WrestleMania Nine is where this era starts. Right, you got and- Jr. <sighs> You, that's his very first show. Isn't that crazy? That was his very first show in the WWE was WrestleMania 9. Right. He had never hit the mic before. That just goes to show you that the the level that he's at as a commentator, he's so far above and beyond anybody else. The fact that he could do that that early in his career, and you fast forward to today's AEW, he sounds flawless. And, and all those people, let me just say, I'm a little I'm a little starchy tonight, Chad. You know what I'm saying? I'm a little I'm a little I'm a little ruffled up tonight. Right. If you are one of those people that go on social media and shit on JR, you could personally bend over and go fuck yourself for me. Cuz this guy is hands down the best there ever, their best there was, the best there is, the best there ever will be. With that, Bret Hart's my favorite reason for the new generation. Oh yeah, he carried the belt well during that time. I mean, you you had Hogan thinking he was going to go be an actor, doing that show with the boat. 
whatever the hell yep. that thing was called. Brother, I don't even know. Brother, I didn't even brother, watch it. Brother, brother, uh, brother, it's Thunder in Paradise, brother, baby. Brother, yeah, I guess. I guess that's where his pants came brother, in. Where the brother, thunder was on his pants. Brother, I guess. Brother, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was he was ready to retire, and, and that's that's kind of what made the new generation was Hogan was ready to step down. He was ready to retire. And who's the new guy they're going to hand the belt to and carry the business for the next generation? And it, it was it was Bret Hart. And perfectly, it shouldn't have been anybody else but Bret Hart. He was ready for it. The only thing is, Hogan has this uh, change of mind kind of thing around the WrestleMania time. And that was the worst ending. You saw Bret um, lose the belt. And then instead of him going in to, I don't know, retain from the cheat job with Yokozuna, he sends in his good old buddy Hogan. Because you know what? If there's anybody that deserves that belt, it's not me. It's you, Hogan. Yeah, for no damn reason at all. For no damn reason. And, you know, and that's why um, I've said this on the show a few times. That's why for me, I really didn't become a Hogan fan until WCW NWO. Until he turned into the heel. Because the, the yellow and red, now, you know, I said it on the, the Golden Era episode. That was, you know, the, the first early impressions of wrestling I had. That that was the Golden Era and the yellow and red and all that. Uh, but I was over it. I was done with it. I wasn't doing the vitamin thing. The, you know, hit, Hitman coming in with the the black and pink and the sunglasses. And he he was just expressionless. Man, I loved it. I, I, I was all over that character. Um, still to this day. Hitman's on my Rushmore, um, and it, you know he may be he may be right center center mass uh, for me. So it doesn't it doesn't uh, really get kicked off though until the influx of Shawn Michaels, and a lot of people. I know you have some opinion on this, Chad. And I'm excited to hear it. A lot of people don't think that that they only think rather that the Shawn Michaels Bret Hart feud only existed in that '96 '97 era. And leading up to the screw job. No, th- this started in, in 93. Going into 94, going into 95. Uh, their famous Iron Man matches they had. Do you ever go back and watch those matches? I watched a couple of the, uh, you know, the, there was a documentary with Shawn Michaels that I really liked. Um, that kind of featured his um, early days where, you know, it was a lot about Shawn Michaels being kind of over the top. They didn't know what to do with him. He was out of control. Um, you know, he, he was running his mouth and whatever. Um, even behind the curtain a little bit, I guess he was a little over the top. So I kind of watched the documentary during those times with, with him and, and Bret Hart. I mean, these guys, it just made sense, right? So from a creative standpoint at the time, who else are you really going to put in the ring? I mean, you still had Razor Ramon. You had Diesel. I think Lex Luger was out there somewhere. They were still featuring, like, Papa Shango and Yokozuna. Um, but but for the most part, Very who else are you going to put in the ring at that time during the new generation? Most most guys jumped ship, went WCW. You had, I think, Mean Mark coming from WCW, coming over as The Undertaker. But he was still kind of green. Yeah. So who else are you going to put in the ring? Yeah. I mean, these guys were going to put on clinics. And, and that's probably why that feud lasted forever. But I think Shawn Michaels kind of being the heel, he, he did it so well, uh, you know, trying to get the ladies to love him, the heartbreak kid, you know, it was just, I mean, it worked. Well, it lasted for four years, and that's what I'm trying to get to here, is that feud um, started out between Brett and Shawn, and it really started out, if you go back and, and watch some of these um, interviews they've had of recent years 
uh, where they finally sat down and, and kind of reconciled with each other. That's just, it's, it, it's wrestling gold, to be honest with you, um, because these guys are good with each other now, and I love to see that. I, I hated all the tragedy that was behind the Hart family um, with Owen in 99 and, and then uh, with Davy Boy. Uh, just with all that tragedy, I'm just, I'm so excited to see that Brett, you know, in 2020 has put all that behind him and uh, is in a really good place, not only in life, but with the WWE now. So much so that we actually see him on the Broken Skull with um, with with uh, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I don't know if you got a chance to watch that that interview yet, but it was just it was outstanding. I, I'm getting off track here. I'm getting off track. So what? Well, so let's in kind 90- of bring that back in though. What what brought Shawn Michaels in? He was kind of a tag team wrestler at the time, right? So they're kind of breaking. So him yeah, Shawn Michaels. So that's what's interesting about this is you could really say that that feud began in '88, uh, the '88 '89 time frame, because. When he came into the WWE, he came in with Marty Jannetty right. as the Midnight Midnight Rockers, Rockers right? Yep. And the first team they get paired up with is the Hart Foundation. So it really starts right there. And I think that's where, uh, you know, you've heard Brett and Sean say it for that matter. That's when those two realized, wow, there's something here. The, that They work really well together. Um, you know, they, they really had a good working relationship for a number of years before things really flew off the rails. But that's really where it started. And then 93 is when we saw Shawn Michaels turn on Marty Jannetty and went on his solo run. And at that time, it was um, it was Brett carrying the belt. So naturally, those two were going to meet up. And man, I go back to that Iron Man match they had, that 60-minute match that went the full time and then went into overtime another 10 minutes or something. Right. That was so unheard of for that time frame. I mean, we hadn't heard of like Iron Man matches since the early 80s. And, and I'll tell you, that could be one of my favorite matches to watch, even though it is that long. It, they kept me entertained the whole time. Yeah, you know, there's two people that always stick out in my mind during this era. And it was it's Kevin Nash before he went to WCW as, as Diesel. Um, mm-hmm. He, he yeah. always stuck out in my mind because he was big. Um, you know, he was... <sighs> I'll have to go back and rewatch some of his matches, but I felt like as a big guy, he could move in the ring. If you watch him in the WCW days, though, he wasn't really moving a lot. It was it was a lot of basic moves, but I felt like in his WWF The injuries days, were catching up with him, that's for sure. Right, his WWF days, he was moving in the ring pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think even he and Shawn Michaels had some matches back and forth. Uh, maybe, I want to say maybe some uh, uh, worker belt well, champions. Well, he came uh, in as... He came in as Shawn's... Uh, bodyguard, right? If you remember? Yes, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, so he came in as Sean's bodyguard, and then naturally, uh, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Sean Michaels, and um, Triple H, and and the One Two Three Kid or X Pac, they um, they just all naturally, I, I guess they all rode together. They were all friends behind behind the scenes, and they created this locker room persona called the Click, and it um, it was never really debuted on TV as the Click as a faction. But it becomes so prevalent and they were getting so much heat backstage because of it that it started bleeding over. And the next thing you know, you start seeing people with signs that say the click and uh, heartbreak kid and all this stuff. So those guys were just really close. And if you listen to some of those interviews, they they carried some heat, man. They carried some heat because they were just they were looking out for each other is, is the rumor. Now, granted, I'm only getting my information from what I'm I'm seeing on the network and what I've read in books and, and this, that and the other. But um 
what a fascinating time. And then to see what that group ended up doing in wrestling, not just the WWE, but what ended up doing in wrestling and the impact they still have now, leading up to this year's WrestleMania. NWO is getting inducted. Right. Yes, that's true. It's true. Jumping a little ahead. NWO's, well, and I, and I know, but NWO's getting, and it's just kind of to, to paint the picture here of what this new generation really meant to wrestling today. Because that, you know, that's that's where people shit on this generation, though, Chad, is... Yeah, but who was... Who, they, what do you think was the backbone of that generation? I mean, there was guys, the there was guys like Jeff was Jarrett. The technical wrestling. Jeff Jarrett was coming around, right? He left NWA, came over to WWF for a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, I've never been a fan of Jeff Jarrett. I know a lot of people Me were either. over on him, but I, I didn't really care for him. I think Jeff Jarrett was one of the biggest reasons I was switching to WCW at the time. I mean, he, he was... His gimmick, everything about it, you know, I was just like, mm, what else is on? So that kind of, you know, that Doink the Clown going on at the time. I, yeah. I, I kind of remember that character, you know, but they didn't. Well, that that's where the generation gets a lot of shit because they had these really cartoonish characters. And you mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Papa Chango and or Papa Shango and and that's exactly right. The when you have these outlandish characters yeah, Dustin Rhodes is coming um, in with gold dust, right? So just bizarre shit. Yeah, it looks it looks stupid and it looks gimmicky. But let's not forget that But what was what the backbone? Was born, I guess the original it, question. What do you feel is the backbone of that generation that most people are overlooking and didn't realize that it, it's not the worst generation. It was actually better than we realized. What is the backbone? Yeah. I can answer that question with three names. Okay. Brett the Hitman Hart, yep. Shawn Michaels the Heartbreak Kid, and The Undertaker. Absolutely. I was I was going more for The Undertaker. That was his start, right? Those those three names have been more have had more impact on the business and on today's wrestling than I I argue hardly anybody else. I mean, think about somebody. And I, yeah, now I get it. People are gonna people could write in and, and then they could they could bash the show and say, oh well, you know, you're forgetting the rock. But well, we're not talking attitude error. We're talking new generation. Not well, Rocky Maivia, Stone Cold, but he's coming in at the ass end. I'm not, of new exactly. I'm not talking about Stone Cold because I'm not talking about attitude. When we do our attitude error show, I'll put those guys over and talk about what great impact they had on today's business as well. But when you look at the people in today's business and why they're there, how many attest the reason they wanted to be a wrestler was one of those three guys. We hear it all the time. Yeah, because so that's my answer. When you when you ask me who the backbone is, I would actually reverse that order now, and I'd probably put that as um, Undertaker as number one, just because he's still doing it. Yeah, I did. You know, you can't even talk about the blue buds, blue bloods yet, with uh, William Regal mm -hmm. and and Hunter Hirsch Helmsley, Triple H. Because yeah. the real Triple H in my mind is the Attitude Era. Now, you can't discount Hunter Hearst Helmsley, but Triple H, you know, you think of D-Generation X, the Attitude Era going into Ruthless Aggression. I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't even know if it's worth talking about the Blue Bloods. Maybe. Just that they were there, they were part of it, and then, you know, they were, they were part of that era, I guess. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's worth mentioning, but for me... When I want to have an in-depth conversation with Triple H, or with Triple H, about Triple H, uh, I have to save that for Attitude Era and probably Ruthless Aggression. Yes. Because, I, I, yes, he started in that era, but I don't think he had much impact. In fact, 
because of the ant the uh, antics that the click was putting out there, he got backburnered uh, because somebody had to take the rap for all that bullshit. So, you know, when I talk about Triple H, uh, very rarely do I go back to those early days because I wasn't entertained by it. First of all, uh, it was it was too dumb. I, I I didn't like the little bow he did in the ring. All of it just seemed too gimmicky to me. And I was a kid, and I still felt like that was too much of a gimmick. Like, I didn't care. You know, I want to see. Man, if you think about that, I think even at that mm-hmm. age, I was ready to see more brutal wrestling. I think I think all of us finally got to a point where we were just done with these cartoony superhero characters and we were ready to see some grit in the ring. And if that's what Brett the Hitman Hart was bringing. You know, he wasn't yes. he wasn't this cartoon character, he was bringing a little grit. That was what Shawn Michaels was bringing. Now, The Undertaker, he he was playing that line a little bit. He had a little bit of a cartoony character coming out with the you know, with uh, Paul Bearer and, and, you know, the ashes and all that shit. And he was the dead man. Yeah, yeah. But it was still grit wrestling. Like, you know, he was still doing gritty style. And I loved it. But then then everybody else was just doing these, you know, what, what everybody had been doing since 1985. You know, Sid Psycho or, you know or, or, or I'm sorry, uh, Psycho Sid, uh, Sid Vicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. all the same cartoony bullshit. Um, Doink the Clown, get out of here. I mean, what the hell? You know, and th- this makes me go off topic, but you you cr- you bring up a great point about the grit. When people go back to the most iconic scenes in wrestling, what's inevitably one of the first ones that's talked about? It's WrestleMania 13 with Stone Cold being in the sharpshooter while bleeding from the forehead, right? Yeah, that was kind of the opener, yeah. With what you're talking about, if you go back, and I just recently did, as recent as last night, to be honest with you, I went back and watched that match. And what I didn't take into account, because it's been years since I watched it, watched it, frankly, is Stone Cold was still a heel. He walked to the ring as a heel. Bret Hart walked to the ring as a babyface. In the middle of that match, they switched. That's true. But wasn't by the time the sharpshooter was applied, look at what what Stone Cold is doing. He's gaining sympathy. He pushes up from that sharpshooter. He collapses down. He passes out. He never once tapped. He passed out to the point where the ref had to call the match, right? Right. And what does that do? It creates sympathy. It tells a story. Now the crowd's over on Stone Cold, and that's your new baby face. What does Bret Hart do? And none of this was scripted. What does Bret Hart do? He grabs Stone Cold's lifeless body, picks up his leg, and kicks him in the thigh just like a heel would because he had to get one more shot in. To the point, they completely switch, and now Bret Hart leaving the ring is getting booed and flipping off fans. That's the kind of heat, that's the kind of storytelling that I fucking crave now. It doesn't happen anymore. The shit's too too scripted. But if you go back, and that right, right there, Chad, that's why I love the new generation. Because the handcuffs were off these guys because because Vince McMahon, the WWE, they trusted them. They trusted the lineage. He wasn't they even Stone Cold at the Bret time, Hart right? He was the ringmaster come, or whatever. Uh, yeah, exactly. He was still going with that gimmick. Yeah, and, and that that developed his character organically. And that allowed the exactly. fans to get over on that. And that's fans got behind mm-hmm. an organic character like Stone Cold. Yeah, you're right. That doesn't happen exactly. anymore. You get characters shoved down your throat. Now, listen. I love AEW. You love AEW. 
But let's let's mm-hmm. be honest here. That's right. John Moxley is still being shoved down your throat. It w- it's not organic. That that is all creative, pushing and pushing and pushing. But they're doing it in a way that it, may, it that it works, and us fans can get behind. Stone Cold Steve Austin is you know I guess John Moxley is the counterpart to Stone Cold. That was all organic during New Generation era, and you and you'll never see that kind of wrestling again. And that, my friend. That, my friend, is why that era keeps getting overlooked and people don't pay attention to it because there was a lot of good things going on at that time, a lot of good character developments, mm-hmm. a lot of giving the fans what they wanted. There was a lot of good wrestling going on at that time. And, and we're all too busy ju- changing the channel to go watch Hogan and, and Savage on WCW. How foolish was I as a child? There was good things going on on WWF, and I, and I was an idiot. But, you know, I'm a kid. You know, I was little. What, what the hell do I know? You know, as an adult, that probably no, wouldn't and, happen. and I agree. Yeah, no, I agree. I I was sold out to WCW, um, but I will tell you, I really didn't sell out to WCW until the NWA, NWO came along. Um, during this time, I was still, I was kind of flirting with the idea. Like I would go, I was, you know, channel surfing a little bit. I'd go back and forth between the programs and it was like I was trying to figure out, you know, where I wanted to be uh, with my wrestling um, because I was still over on Bret Hart completely um but they were causing so much noise over at WCW that you kind of had to watch and when the outsiders thing came came along you had to watch because it was just so unlike anything we had seen in wrestling at that time yeah there were WWF characters coming over using their real names and all of a sudden we're like they're invading so you had to change the channel mm-hmm. you wanted to see how, you know exactly. you wanted to see who else was going to show up you know, and I don't want to – the Montreal Screwjob has been talked about at nauseum, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to waste our precious airtime talking about the Montreal Screwjob other than saying one thing. The Screwjob was the end of the new generation era. That's when it was all over. And that night is when new generation ended and when the Attitude Era began. Yeah, Literally. Literally, it was a change of the guard right then and there. Shawn, My- Shawn Michaels is now your champion, and now you have Bret Hart headed off to WCW. Stone Cold's hot on Shawn Michaels' heels, ready to get his hands on that title belt. The Rock is now becoming The Rock. He's not Rocky Maivia. Triple H is becoming Triple H. Mankind, yeah. what was he uh, Who? What was he turning into at the time? Cactus, Cactus Jack. Jack. He was Cactus Jack. Yeah. 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 Big, big, you know, tie, and, big and, tide had turned at that point. And just like just like those tides, I cannot wait for our next episode. I can't wait to talk about some Attitude Era. Chad, I've had fun talking some New Generation tonight. I know I got passionate, but I love it, man. I love it. It was just good to hear you on the mic tonight, my friend. Absolutely. I know the quarantine's making us all crazy. But uh, whether you're... Whether you're baby face. You do you, baby. What? Oh, don't start this shit again. Dude, I swear... Whatever. Roll, roll the music. Oh, man. Great show tonight, guys. I uh, Hang on a second. Hey, there's something on my driveway. Hang on a second. What the hell? Is that a DeLorean? Is everything all right? I just... But, hang on. Rosie? Yeah, bro. It's still me, but have a good night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, later. I gotta stop recording so late.
Good to see you, This has been a Dogcast production.